From the Hagley Center for the History of Business, Technology, and Society, this is Stories from the Stacks. I'm Dr. Bryce Evans. I'm Senior Lecturer in History at Liverpool Hope University in England. I'm currently researching the role of food at World's Fairs, and in particular the 1939 World's Fair in New York, which covers everything from commercial display of food by leading manufacturers to new food technologies to artistic representations of food to the role of food in international exhibitions put together by different nations. And because it's 1939, which, as you know, is the year when the Second World War breaks out, there's a very fraught political relationship between different international exhibitors. It's an interesting cocktail, this sort of very upbeat, consumerist tone of the fair and the reality of a world sliding towards destruction, really. So Ireland is a young nation, and Ireland wants to exhibit itself, its wares, its products, its trade, and its national identity. And it's doing this in the wake of just emerging from British colonial rule. The Irish government at the time is struggling very hard to assert its own national sovereignty and to break free from what it sees as colonial trade dependence on the British metropole. So exhibiting at international fairs is going to be a key part of that. And the 1939 New York World's Fair is really the big one, and it's remembered as the big one. And typically for New York, it's it's gargantuan, it's, it surpasses every World's Fair before it. So for a young, aspirational new state like Ireland, they have to get their point across. And a key medium of doing that is exhibiting foodstuffs. The whole historical memory of the famine is still a big historical grievance for a lot of Irish people. And that's today. I mean, think about in 1939. This is only, you know, 80-odd years after this huge and terrible period of dearth and death and emigration. They are very much determined to use the fair as an opportunity to break that colonial dependence with Britain, which they would see that colonial relationship has been critical to to the famine and, and the deaths that it caused. So they're trying to use the fair to eke out other export markets. The problem is that, you know, Ireland's an agricultural economy and what it produces is dairy products as well as alcohol, Guinness, whiskey and all the rest. They're very keen for the Irish American market to be buying Irish foodstuffs and particularly Irish whiskey. But again, there's an irony there because as the war takes place only a year later, Ireland maintains neutrality. So Churchill starts to really squeeze Ireland economically. So that memory of famine then comes back again just after the fair is held. And this time it's not going to be a potato famine, it's going to be a famine in wheat. Uh, It's resolved eventually and quite funnily by the fact that the Irish government realised that it would be very convenient for them to halt Guinness exports to Northern Ireland because Northern Ireland at the time, 1942-43, is being used as a base for massive British and American garrisons in preparation for D-Day. So what the neutral Irish government does to get out of this pickle is to halt Guinness exports. The British and American governments have a big thirsty garrison of troops waiting to go over to fight for the liberation of Europe. And so they say, well, do you know what, you can have those wheat supplies if you please give us Guinness. So Guinness is used quite cynically as an economic bargaining tool, as a weapon of war, really. The memory of famine is ever-present. It's like this disquieting nightmare which won't go away, and which appears again sort of 80, 90, 100 years on in this period. Yeah, Guinness Guinness saved Ireland, essentially. Hagley is a lovely site in which to conduct research. I found the staff uh, wonderful and extremely helpful. I didn't realise that I'd be staying in such nice accommodation. The blacksmith shop is a lovely place for visiting scholars. To learn more about the Hagley Museum and Library and to listen to more stories from the stacks, please visit us online at hagley.org. That's H-A-G-L-E-Y dot O-R-G.